Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Jackson and I have been doing this for, uh, what do you call it, 20 Hall of Fame years? Yep. And I always feel like you undersell my first year because I started in 2002. So it really is 21 Hall of Fame years. Yeah, but you were getting your legs underneath you. Oh, is that a height joke? (laughs) Your sea legs. Welcome to Balloon Party. 101 ESPN, driven by Mungan F. St. Louis Hacker and Alton Toyota. What I was about to say before Jackson made a, a height joke that HR will be hearing about momentarily uh, is in my career, you call it a Hall of Fame career. I, I guess do. it is. No, I don't it is. know. No, it is. I haven't been in the middle of doing a show and been more blindsided by a piece of information than I was at about 8.57 this morning than when, I guess, former PGA Tour commissioner, but now CEO, Jay Monahan made the announcement that the PGA Tour and Live Golf are combining. But that isn't necessarily the end of it. It's that he's not in charge anymore, and this investment fund that he used to take former PGA Tour players who took money to go to live will now be investing in the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan, who used to chastise the players for going to do business with Saudi Arabia, will now be answering to the Saudi Arabian Investment Fund Governor Yasir Al-Ramayan as his boss because he is the chairman of this new entity. I have been texting with uh, PGA Tour players this morning, and they didn't know anything about this until this morning uh, when they woke up and read it on Twitter. Uh, They are meeting with Jay Monahan at 4 p.m., and you have a story that transcends sports. And I recognize, listen, I want to make this clear. I'm well aware of this. I'm a golf guy. If you've listened to this show for 18 months or here and there over the last 18 months since we started, even though I love the game of golf, I don't really bring it onto the show because I recognize that's a it's kind of a niche thing. So I don't, you know, Jackson, of course, really forces the NBA on the people. I have what I consider a moral high ground to Jackson. I don't force my likes on the people. That's what I that's what I see you doing over there. I see a slight difference in it, but maybe I'm off. No, I'm on the moral high ground. Anybody who says they're on the moral high ground, you know where they are? Right. The moral high ground? Yeah. Soapbox is getting slippery. (laughs) That's exactly right. But this is a story that transcends sports. This is is in another world. Uh, Because these guys, Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, they're all chastised for taking the Saudi money. And then 
less than two years later, the PGA Tour takes the Saudi money. And what did the PGA guys who went to live say? Well, we want to grow the game. Well, we think you're taking the money. But okay. What did Jay Monahan say? You're taking the dirty money. Now Jay Monahan's saying, we are happy to take the money because we're going to grow the game. I'm in awe. Uh, and so we got Jay Delsing with us right now to talk over a story that is leading newscasts everywhere, whether it be ESPN or elsewhere. Uh, and that is this uh, merging of the PGA Tour and Live Golf. Jay, good morning. Hey, Tim. How you doing, buddy? I'm stunned. Stunned. I, I, I can't believe I, the first thing I thought of was that this isn't true and that someone has thrown out, you know, how you throw out some of these punked up, um, uh, news stories and things like that. And I just, I, I, I mean, my phone has gone absolutely haywire and I just, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I have more questions than I have answers like by tenfold. Right. I, I, I think there's so many things that are going on that are stunning. Uh, that's the word I keep going to. My, my, I just, so I'm just going to fire them out. And, and I realize we don't have a lot of information at the moment outside of the announcement that this is happening. Uh, I've been texting with uh, St. Louis and Adam Long, uh, who is uh, one on tour. And uh, he said he's in complete shock. I guess I'll know more after this meeting with Jay at 4 p.m. But nobody saw this coming. So we'll start there. It's not just Adam Long. Colin Morikawa has tweeted out this morning that they didn't know it was coming either. So you have this group of players who, we're told to try to stick together to keep the PGA Tour going. They have the meeting in Delaware last year. Tiger Woods comes up for it. Rory McIlroy, they head it up. They change the way that they're doing business. And then less than a year later, Jay Monahan is on CNBC with the head of the Saudi Investment Fund and talking about working with them. I would imagine this will infuriate many PGA Tour players. What do you think? Oh, Tim, undoubtedly. I mean, first of all, how are you going to look to pick a player, JT, Rom? Um, uh, how are you going to look at these look these guys, Rory? Look them in the eye and say, "We're merging now." And so Phil comes back and he took his two million. I for for I did not take the two million or two hundred million. Two hundred million now. Two hundred million. Sorry, the slight slight. Uh, <laughs> And 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 let them back in. I I just don't. I I I could not see a pathway, guys, on how this was ever going to ever happen. And I am, I'm all about trying to figure this out. I can tell you one thing, Timmy. That needs to happen. There needs to be policy board approval. And I can't imagine with all of these players left in the dark that these that that he's gotten that. And that is just per our regs. They have to get. PGA Tour policy board approval, and there'll be players on there, and and I don't believe um, that that has happened yet. But there's no way Monahan goes on CNBC if this isn't just a technicality. I mean, he's got to have all his boxes checked. I'm, I'm believing. One of the theories I've had uh, somebody associated with the game text me is that the PGA Tour could not open their books in court in these antitrust suits, and that's what this boiled down to. Um, explain to the audience, Jay, something that I think most people probably wouldn't understand, and this is, or has been anyway, a not-for-profit operation and so if they had to open their books you would have had quite a situation uh your thoughts on that part 
Well, it's interesting. So I'm not exactly sure about that. So the PGA Tour has a, a not-for-profit, a 501c3 uh, uh, arm, as well as a for-profit arm. And what it does is it uses the not-for-profit arm to um, uh, donate Oh, my gosh, Tim, it's going to probably donate $300 million to charities this year, which is going to exceed the MLB, NFL, NHL, and um, uh, NBA combined in what we raise for money every year and give to charities. So that's how these organizations are able to come in and be title sponsors and get some sort of tax benefits by by supporting and being a title sponsor of an, of an event. So th- that is where the slope can can get a little slippery. But this has been going on for a long, long time. And we are loaded with lobbyists and all of the political connections in Washington, D.C. So I'm assuming that's all done above board. But what I've heard, Tim, that, that, that got most interesting, and I, I can promise you the tour did not want to open their books to anybody, but not as much as the PIF didn't want to open their books. There's no way. And if we would have won the lawsuit and required discovery, then then the Saudis were going to have to open their books as well. So maybe there's skeletons. Now, maybe there's skeletons in both closets here, pal. And the, the, the biggest thing here that just, just kind of makes me want to puke is this is all about money. Yeah. I mean, this is all about money, especially with Monaghan being the CEO and, and second fiddle to, I don't know how the hell to pronounce that Saudi guy's name or else I'd take a stab at it, but there's too many R's and H's and L's in it. So. Uh, Yasir Al-Ramayan is what I am going with at the moment. He is now he is now the chairman of golf. Jay Monahan answers to Yasir Al-Ramayan, the same guy who he was condemning when players from the PGA Tour are going to live. They are now his boss, and now he is saying that this is good for the game growing globally. It's a phenomenal moment in sports hypocrisy oh my oh uh, i mean where did we start with all this tim i mean my head just can't get around it i the pga tour i can tell you one thing the pga tour is going to exist in one way shape or form and at least in a a loose framework there there's too much history there's too many uh, uh championships and things like that that um record-wise, that, that our, our players are way too proud of. So that's going to exist. But one of the things that I saw coming um, with the, the, the PGA Tour and the DP um, World Tour, quote-unquote, merger probably before this, was that the PGA Tour was going to start cherry-picking the best events off of that tour and probably pulling them under our umbrella. You know, say say the European Masters and the BMW, there, there's, a, there's only about – four or five events on the um, DP tour that would, would that the tour would really be interested in. But then I believe a lot of those um, other DP events are going to be corn fairy esque type things where they're going to be more of a feeder or a developmental tour for the PGA tour and some sort of world tour um, that, that I thought that um, we were headed towards because we we've got an event in Japan. We've got you know we we've got events that have that have broken away from the continental U.S. and and I saw this happening, but I, I wasn't sure how they're going to do it to me because there's only so many weeks on the calendar. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't know how this is. I don't know how this is going to work. And I'm sorry that I'm I'm so choppy with my thinking here, but I'm I'm all over the board. My phone keeps 
blowing up and I keep getting other ideas and people are wondering, like, how are they going to let the live players, you know, back in? And I don't have an answer for that. Jay Monahan has said, uh, I have had this uh, DM'd to me, I don't know how private it is, but uh, that they are working out a plan for the live golfers to come back to the PGA Tour, but the live golf schedule will continue as planned in 2023. Uh, I've got a couple of names I just want to fire at you and get reactions just when I say them, because you'll know all that's tied to it when I say the names. Uh, one guy two years ago who maybe was at the mountaintop in golf and then probably fell to the absolute valley over the last two years was Phil Mickelson. Certainly a bright day at Augusta when he had his charge up the leaderboard a couple of months ago, but he was persona non grata. Uh, And now Phil Mickelson has to be viewed in a different way, I would imagine, by many than what he was this time last year uh, in Alan Shipnick's book. Your thoughts on Mickelson? No, absolutely. I've had Alan Chibnick on the show. I'm kind of in the weeds on all this stuff. And I mean, you know, Phil, man, I hate to actually say this to you, Timmy, but Phil loves to be the smartest guy in the room, loves to consider himself the smartest guy in the room. And you know what? Maybe he is. And Rory McIlroy on the other side of things. He has been the front person for the PGA Tour, at least as far as an active guy. Certainly Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods talked, but Rory is a guy playing uh, way more often than than Tiger at this point. And uh, he said, hey, I'm not going to talk about it anymore a few weeks ago. Uh, but now Rory McIlroy uh, has had a rough time of it on tour this year. And now off the course, he will certainly be asked questions about what has transpired. Yeah, you know what? You know what's really crazy, Tim, and I don't think ever in the history of the game has something come up that has been so disruptive, both on and off the course for the players. You know, everybody goes through personal things. There's divorces. There's deaths. There's there's crises with your children. Things like that 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 distract you from playing. But to watch what happened to Rory, I mean, he walked into Augusta National playing the best golf of his life, and he walked out of there on Friday afternoon. You know fired up the jet and went home because he missed the cut and wasn't even a factor. And to me, it was the most obvious mental distraction because of all the things that's been, that all the things that have been going on and the things that he's doing. And he's also got major scarring from Augusta itself. And so, man, I, I love this guy. I love the way he plays. I want him to win more. He just had a kind of a, plane crash coming in on the back nine at, at the Jack's event on Sunday yeah. and, you know, to still finish in the top 10. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how he, what he walks back. What does he walk back from what he said prior? And, and is, is it embarrassing for him now to, to say, gosh, the, 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 the entity that I've been so supporting has just undercut me. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I mean, he was the guy who put himself out there. And now, uh, at the very least, a number of players such as Colin Morikawa uh, have said they knew nothing about this up until opening up their phones and looking at Twitter at about 9 o'clock Central this morning. So this story is an hour and 15 minutes old. It transcends sports. It's socioeconomic. It's geopolitical. And uh, I don't believe it is even close to being over. Jay, thank you for joining us on such short notice. I can't wait to see how this story evolves over the course of the day and the weeks ahead. We really appreciate the time, man. 
Oh, anytime, guys. Have a great show, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Jay. That's Jay Delsing with us here on this uh, just absolutely bizarro world breaking news this morning as Live Golf and uh, the PGA Tour combine. And former PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan is now the CEO, but uh, he is working for the Saudi investment fund that he chastised as uh, that is now what is going on with the PGA Tour. Yasir Al-Ramayan is in charge. Uh, Greg Norman, for the record, uh, has been notified, and he will not be participating going forward. There it is. Stunning. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. We got all kinds of, I mean, this is a show I could do 12 hours today. Uh, 314-399-9646. We have the Cardinals and that situation as that is spiraling. Uh, Taylor Twelman is going to join us uh, coming up at uh, 1035, brought to you by Together Credit Union. We're loaded for bear here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Cardinal discussion next here on Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon party driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you. We were joined uh, breaking news this morning. Uh, with the Live and PGA announcement that uh, is all over any website you would go to. And it wasn't around two hours ago, including any PGA Tours uh, players' no- information. They found out when you found out at around 9 o'clock this morning when CNBC tweeted it out. And then Jay Monahan was sitting there with the new boss of the golf world, uh, Yasir Al-Ramayan, who you probably had never heard of until uh, this morning. And uh, that is the Saudi money that is now going to be taking control of the PGA Tour. Remember the PGA Tour, the chastised guys for leaving the PGA Tour to go take Saudi blood money? Well, the Saudi blood money is now in charge of the world of golf, not just the live golf world. So welcome, friends, to 2023. We are living in exciting times. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort service text line jackson we only have an hour on this show so i gotta move on but if you missed the conversation with jay dulcing who uh acknowledged he has never gotten more texts uh, in his life than what was going on over the last hour uh dobbs tire and auto centers podcast meanwhile uh the st louis cardinals are having some problems they continue to be the worst team in the national league last night they uh compounded it with some base running errors i thought when Nolan arenado's ball went down the left field line i go here we go there it comes. Here it comes. Now they're going to turn the corner. And then the camera pans into the infield, and I go, what the hell's going on over there at third base? <laughs> good, good. Edmund was literally on Gorman's heels. Right. Like it was uh, like an old movie. And am I crazy to think that that Edmund just should have flown right after Gorman and kind of— I don't think he would have caught him. I think he was probably alarmed to see him. <laughs> I think so, and too. And then when he turned around and saw Nolan Arenado at third, he goes, ooh— <laughs> Not a lot of great options here. Uh, it was the Jay Monahan of base running, and he uh, and then he gets in a rundown, and you go from. I was going. I thought. Why don't they have the lead? I guess they just haven't updated the graphic. Right. Exactly. But because Gorman was on second, Edmund was at first, and he hesitated to see if the ball was going to be caught. That's what caused the chain reaction, and then Ornato acknowledged after the game. Although I don't know. I think he was just kind of falling on the sword. I agree. You agree that he was falling on the sword? How could it be his fault? He hit right. the ball. That he should have had his head up running, uh, that the Cardinals wind up losing a game that could have been a great win against a team that now is 19 games over 500 in the Texas Rangers. Uh, John Denton joined us on TMA at 9 o'clock, and we asked him about the possibility 
of Ali Marmol losing his job. And mm-hmm. here is the reason why I ask that question. I'll elaborate, and I'll give you what John Denton had, had to say. The Cardinals are at a point that unlike, say, the Oakland A's, which I realize is about as an extreme an example as you can find in recent sports. I mean, what they are doing, yeah, this is... there's a real business model out there to just bet against the Oakland A's. The team is 12-50. and 50. 12 wins. 12 wins. I think the Cardinals are bad. That's fine. They have more than two times the amount of wins than the Oakland A's do. And the Cardinals are the worst team in the National League, but they have two times the amount of wins the Oakland A's. So my, my point in, in bringing that up is, in Oakland, they knew that this was going to be bad. In St. Louis, the expectation, I think, was, for the most part, team's going to be good enough to win the National League Central, might not be good enough to go deep in the playoffs. I think that would have won the most votes if we would have asked preseason where things are. And yet, they are now 25-36. and 36. That if you have a team with a roster, not necessarily a pitching rotation, but a roster where you go, how in the world is that team 11 games over five, or under 500? That in most places, somebody would lose their job. Mm-hmm. Whether it's right or wrong, somebody would lose their job. And I say whether it's right or wrong because this may not be, and I would actually say it's not, Ali Marmol's fault, as in blaming him. Because many of us were talking about the roster construction well before the season, in particular concerns with regards to the pitching rotation. But what have we seen both in baseball and what have we seen also in St. Louis when coaching changes are made, whether it's right or it's wrong? Well, let's take a look at the Philadelphia Phillies last June. Joe Girardi gets let go. I don't think many people would say Joe Girardi is an incompetent manager, led the New York Yankees to a World Series. But... Joe Girardi, gone. Philadelphia Phillies win the the National League pennant. St. Louis Blues, November 2018. Doug Armstrong feels like the team's underperforming. Out goes Mike Yo. In comes Craig Berube. And everybody listening to this show knows what happened uh, eight months later. So you oftentimes will see a coaching change just to kick the roster in the backside. And then things can take off. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it will happen, but it has happened. And unless the Cardinals are prepared to write off the 100 remaining games on the schedule as going, well, we'll just see what happens, I would imagine at some point they are going to do something. And I've said, and I'll stand by this, I really do believe if they go 1-5 and five this week, and I don't care what days they lose on. That was my disclaimer on mm-hmm. the Tiger series. Yep, yep. Uh, if they lose five of six because they have two more with the Rangers and three at home with the Reds, that I do think Ali Marmol losing his job is in play. Now, when I asked John Denton about that this morning on TMA, uh, his thoughts, and I think the world of John and his opinions, and I think he shoots straight and he doesn't have to kiss any rings uh, to keep his job, uh, I think that John's opinion was, well, it's not his fault. So what is that going to do? If you look at the numbers, he's not the reason why Wilson Contreras isn't hitting. He's not the reason that Nolan Arenado hasn't been hitting. He's not the reason Adam Wainwright's throwing the ball in the upper 80s. He's not the reason the Cardinals have lost Jordan Montgomery's last 10 starts. He's not the reason for Steven Matz's contract. And I agree with all of that. I agree with all of that. I don't think he is the reason. As I said, roster construction and questions regarding the rotation were things we had throughout the course of the offseason. An offseason, I said over and over again, I can't be more confused by. I don't understand what they're doing. 
But oftentimes, as I've cited two recent examples, both with the Phillies last year and the Blues in 2018-2019, a coaching change kicks things in the ass, even if the manager or coach is not responsible for the team's shortcomings. And I don't know what your alternative option is because it's not like you can just go, okay, we're going to DFA Steven Matz and we're going to DFA Wilson Contreras. You know, we're going to have somebody else take that contract. You don't have that luxury. And I don't think that the Cardinals, with Paul Goldschmidt only under contract for one year beyond this year, and Nolan Arenado still in his prime, but not 25 years old, I don't think that with this division still being gettable, that they're going to go, okay, well, we'll just wait till next year. So I would imagine that they would take a shot, even if it's not Ali Marmol's fault. With that said, the Cardinals are 11 games under 500, a team that was expected to win the division, the worst team in the National League, and it has to be somebody's fault. The reality is I think it's the player's fault, but you can't DFA the roster. And so that is when you will oftentimes see organizations make changes. The difference here is that this organization is way slow to make changes in comparison to other organizations, whether it be in baseball or whether it be in sports in general. But that's where I think that this thing has gotten to. If they go 1-5 this week, my expectation would be a change. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. We are going to be joined by Taylor Tolman because we do have a first team in St. Louis. Jackson, Woo-hoo. how do you do? We're going to talk about that defense, defense dog. Doggies defense. City is in first place. We're going to talk it over with Taylor Twelman. That is coming up next Tuesdays with Twelman. Talking with Twelman brought to you by Together Credit Union. That is coming up next here on Balloon Party, driven by Mungin at St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're headed down to the pitch to talk soccer and city SC with Taylor Twelman. This is talking with Twelman on 101 ESPN presented by Together Credit Union. Together Credit Union, the City SC Visa credit card is exclusively available at togethercu.org. Tell you what, Jackson, I thought it was just going to be a nice little leisurely Tuesday here, <laughs> both on TMA and on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, and instead loaded for bear with this PGA Tour Live Tour breaking news this morning, uh, the Cardinals and the angst among the St. Louis fan base. But here, here is a palate cleanser, Yeah, and it's presented by Together Credit Union. It's Tuesdays with Twelman talking with Taylor. Talking with Twelman. We got a first place team here, and he joins us right now to talk it over. Morning, Taylor. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm more in the camp of live PJ Tour. My phone's blown off the hook, Tim. This thing's insane. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I was, you know, this is. I guess this is a Twelman family reunion because Jay Delsing uh, joined. Yeah. Uh, what's the relationship there? Yeah, Jay's my mom's uh, y- second youngest uh, brother. Oh, so how about that's that? been my uncle. Yeah, so Jay's been uh, Jay's part of the family, or I should say, I'm part of Jay's family. However, you want to slice it. He is. Uh, he's in shock, uh, just like you, just like anybody who has followed this story. It has been uh, something else. I'm trying to catch my breath on uh, on what's going on with that well, one, man. Tim, they didn't even tell the players. Just I know. Imagine if you're. Imagine if you're Rory Spieth, Thomas, Rom, Colin Morikawa, all of them have notably turned down over $100 million each. Yes. Rory, close to 250 You defend the tour, and then they don't call you? And, and so Jay Monaghan pops it. up on CNBC, and that's how you find out about it. And they taped that interview, by the way. So that oh, is, is that right? That interview was taped. Whew. So that means they've had it. Oh. CNBC waited until the news release came out. And I've got really good sources within... I would say the sponsorship camp, there's lawsuits there. So there is a real potential the PGA Tour could be sued. So I would be stunned if Rory, Rum, and others are not paid a stipend from the new Live Tour for them to play in the events because otherwise – you know, you you look at Michael McCann, Sports Law. He's on Twitter. There's all they. I mean, you could sue. Rory has real backing to use Rory as an example. He could sue for damages against the PGA Tour, and this thing could get ugly really quick. Oh my goodness! I'm telling you, this is uh, one of the most surprising stories I have seen uh, in in my career. Honestly, with the way that this has transpired, and I feel like we're just in the top of the first inning uh, with where it's where it's going throughout the course of the day and the next uh, next few weeks. I want to make sure. That I that I do have my palate cleanser with you because if you're taking a look at these standings, this is something that you probably could have gotten wonderful odds on at the beginning of oh, the year. Oh my word! Oh my goodness! And this is with uh, three games in hand. St. Louis City SC sitting at the top of the Western Conference, 28 points. Everybody is looking up at them after the three nothing win on Saturday night against Houston. Taylor, let's take a macro look at it. How about this team? Yeah, it's remarkable, isn't it? Every week, you and I on Tuesday try to find different ways to describe what they're doing, what they're pulling off. You know, for me, it's the goal differential. The fact that they are scoring goals at an alarming rate without their natural goal scorer in Jao Klaus. And quite honestly, they've been playing, I would say, a little bit better over the last three or four weeks without him. So now when he finally does get healthy, he's got to play himself into the way they're playing now. Edwin Leuven playing as a deep-line playmaking midfielder, that's completely changed their season, and they've got arguably the best goalkeeper in the league. So they haven't done it with household names. They haven't done it with big names. That's the biggest surprise to me. And quite honestly, Tim, the way Cincinnati's dominating the East, as long as St. Louis City stays pace with them in those games in hand, you and I in a couple weeks, maybe even a month, may be talking about a supporter shield chase where everybody in this league had them predicted to finish last.
That is just unbelievable. And Cincinnati, of course, a team we saw here in St. Louis, that was uh, one of the Storm Night games, the Storm Night game that I think is the one that's most memorable. Tonight they'll pick it up with Dallas for the one in Dallas, and they absolutely uh, blew them off the field uh, once they once they got a chance to play. And here they are at the top of the West, having beaten the team that is running away from the East. I mean, the expectations going into the year, I think people are just like, it's great, we got a team. Maybe the team can be good, who knows? I don't know. It might be nice to have something comparable to like Atlanta's first year in the league. But now, what are the, the in the realm of the realistic expectations for fans who are just like, oh, this is fun to go to a soccer game in downtown St. Louis. As you said, now you're talking about something a, a hell of a lot more than what we were talking about when this thing opened up a few months ago. Yeah, and for no, and for the listeners that didn't listen to me last week, I'm going to reiterate the exact same thing that I said last week, and that is you now have to host the playoff game. At the minimum, your expectation is hosting the playoff game. I don't care about your concerns about depth. I don't care about the summer transfer window. I don't care about LAFC having games in hand where I think they're going to make a serious run. And if you ask me today, I still think LAFC is going to win the West. But St. Louis City unequivocally cannot host a playoff. They have to host a playoff game. Because now you've given yourself this start, this cushion. You've now gotten everybody that has come to St. Louis City texting me saying, holy crap, Twelman, like this is an absurd environment. The referees are overwhelmed. The opposition is overwhelmed. So, Tim, why do I say that? You have to play that home playoff game. You have to have it. You have to to reward yourself for the type of season that you've started with and play that playoff game in that environment in October when it's cold and it's nasty. I'm telling you right now, they deserve it. They have to earn that. That has to be the the base level of expectation. And if you're Lutz Fonenstiel, you need to look at it as well and say, wait a minute here, I need to make – one or two signings that's going to take us to another level. So I'm more intrigued about what he's going to do this summer because while you may say, I don't want to break up any of the chemistry, historically in this league, Tim, teams make big signings in the summer, and that takes them over the top. Seattle Sounders have done it for the last six years. They've dominated LAFC, another team. I don't find it coincidental that, guess what, the three teams that make the most moves in the summer – are the three teams that are more than likely going to win the Supporter Shield in Atlanta, LAFC, and Seattle. I think Lutz Fonenstiel needs to really look at this group and see where he can add some pieces to it. Taylor Twelman, our guest every Tuesday here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan and Taylor Twelman with you, brought to you by Together Credit Union. Uh, You mentioned the atmosphere at City Park and how referees can be overwhelmed. And we saw a play that certainly Houston didn't uh, agree with that led to that one nothing lead with the PK. I was curious as I was watching that, I'm like, I can't wait to ask Taylor what he thought about it because you'll call it how you see it, whether it's pro-St. Louis or anti-St. Louis. What did you think of that call? Uh, first off, Joe Keeney deserves a yellow for the simulation for me. I can't stand that. I can't stand any kind of over-simulation of trying to manipulate the refs. It happens all over the world. But when I saw Joe Keeney flop like a fish out of water, I'm out. Like, you, like immediately. Now, whether Franco comes over and puts his arms around his neck and whatnot, fine. But in live action, when I saw the red card, I was like, miss me with that, right? So I'm glad that VAR comes back and overturns that. However, the bigger message is what I said to you 20 seconds ago. Everyone's overwhelmed in St. Louis. And so for the St. Louis City fan that's listening to this right now, you are making an impact to the referee, 
to the opposition, your team's out kicking its coverage a little bit at home because they extra 5 to 10%, I'd argue, an extra 15, 20%, when the entire lower bowl of City Park is standing up the entire game, every single opposing coach has texted me saying this thing's better than anything. And I'd still argue, Tim, you know me, there's another level for the fans. There's another level, because when you watch Sunday night, LAFC in the CONCACAF Champions League final, that's where St. Louis City needs to be. And I'm not talking about the smoke, but I'm talking about 90 minutes of making noise, of being loud. You're already standing up. You're already imposing. The referees are overwhelmed right now, and that's a credit to the City fan. That's a credit to the way the Taylor family built City Park. Yeah. And I think this thing is on the precipice of really blowing up in the favor of St. Louis City, which means nobody wants to come there and play. And But everybody in St. Louis wants to go to a game, whether the team's good or not, because the atmosphere is unlike anything that we see, at least during a regular season here in St. Louis. It is absolutely unreal to watch. It is something else. I mean, you've, you've played in this this kind of thing. you probably played it in, in things much bigger than this, but what does it do when you're a player and you have that kind of atmosphere, especially when it's on your side? You just play at a different level. It gives you, a, you know, we often talk about the X factor, the five to seven percent that comes from whether it's the weather, the environment, the fans, whatever it may be, right? And so athletes prepare for the extra juice. Home field advantage is something that this league has now grown into more because there's more time zones, there's more markets that are in altitude, lower altitude, Seattle flying to Miami, that's over seven hours. There's so many different elements now to this league. And so when you're a Cincinnati where you haven't lost a single game at home, or you're St. Louis City where you have been very, but you've lost two games at home, however, you've been very impactful in every single game because of your fan base. Tim, it's difficult to quantify, and that's why I say people are overwhelmed. And you can't quantify the overwhelmed feeling for the opposition, for the fans, because now it works in your favor because you're the home team, you're the home crowd. But, Tim, I'm going to put a bow on that conversation with this. The St. Louis Cardinals are having an absolute shocker. They could not be at a worse time having the worst start to a season then when St. Louis City opens up their stadium in their inaugural MLS season, that thing is turning the tide in that market. And I'm telling you right now, I said this, and everyone laughed at me and put me on Twitter and on blast. But the moment you go to a city park, a St. Louis City game, and you have that experience, everyone, including myself, sits there and says, I don't really need to go to Bush Stadium anymore. I'm good. And that's where this thing, I don't think people in St. Louis fully understand how sacrilegious they think of what I'm saying right now, but it's not. The Cardinals suck. The Cardinals can't get out of their own way right now. And St. Louis City's in the first place of the Western Conference in their first season? Buddy, I'm telling you, this thing's going to change. And that market's going to blow up in two seconds. Well, I'll tell you, you're going to see uh, the two teams go heads up this Sunday afternoon. Uh, you got City taking on uh, LASC, and you got uh, and you've got LA Galaxy. I'll say yeah, Galaxy, excuse me, and you've got uh, the Cardinals hosting the Reds at basically the same time on a Sunday afternoon. So downtown will have plenty going on a matter of blocks away from each other. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, first off, it's great for the city of St. Louis. And I mean that, and I'm saying this with a huge smile on my face, that city desperately needs that. 
But I think in the future, it would be unbelievable if, for instance, I was there for Sporting Kansas City, if Sporting Kansas City, St. Louis City played 7.30 and the Cards Royals played at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you get this confluence of people when Chicago Fire come, can you bring the Cubs? Certain things like that, like St. Louis, the city, Tim, they need that. They need more people to go downtown. They need more people to experience both environments. But I've sent three different people, non-soccer people and their families or, or, or significant others to St. Louis City games, and literally the text I get back is, that blows Bush Stadium out of the water. And if you would have said that, Tim, three, four years ago, you and I would have been off the radio in 20 seconds. They would have said, what are you guys talking about? Soccer. But now that you've been there and you've seen it, it's not as outlandish as you think. It's an incredible atmosphere. It is an incredible atmosphere. And I love the fact that uh, you believe that it plays a role in what we're seeing. I mean, the way they have played here over the last month, littered with home games. And like you said, without Klaus, uh, that speaks to the impact the fans are having. And I love the fact that you're getting that reaction from around MLS. Taylor Twelman every Tuesday here, brought to you by Together Credit Union. Always look forward to the conversations. It's a first-place team. Taylor, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Amazing. See you, buddy. All right, that's Taylor Twelman with us here on 101 ESPN. We'll wrap up the program in the final segment. My God, Jackson, I got so much to still say, but we only got uh, one more segment left. We'll try to touch on everything next here on Balloon Party, driven by Mung and S. 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acker and Alton Toyota. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for uh, another segment here. And then we'll hand it over to BK and Ferrario. Jackson, I was browsing the uh, Air Comfort Service text inbox. Yeah. Uh, some people really happy with Taylor Twelman. Some people really not happy with Taylor Twelman uh, and his comments regarding the Cardinals sucking and how people would rather go to a city game at this point because of the atmosphere. Uh, certainly a, a polarizing comment. I will say this, Taylor uh, has been saying this for a while. He's not just saying it because of the Cardinals' current spot as the team in the cellar in the National League. He writes, Taylor is sp- uh, this texter writes, uh, Taylor is spot on about the Cardinals and city fans. Going to a Cardinals game as a fan is boring. The crowds only get loud after a home run. Pitch to pitch is dead. Been that way for years. I've been going to games since the mid-70s. Fans today are looking at their phones more than the game or socializing. You can spot check fans on what the count is, and they won't know without looking at the board. Now, go to a city game, and everyone is into it without exception. Cardinal fans have been overrated for years because they are congenial. That is uh, one perspective on the other side of it uh soccer boy is nuts ever heard of the size of a fan base i know no one who cares about stl city zero plus it sounds like he is cheering for the demise of the Cardinals. soccer sucks there are people who love it of course but don't compare it to the cardinals you lose all credibility that's from the 636 polarizing opinions here is jackson you were making it go ahead you use your own analogy we were talking about this in the commercial break go ahead yeah i mean they're they're both sporting events but they're totally different vibes you know you go to a cardinal game it's like going to a bar you like with the nice patio and it's relaxed and calm and going to a city games like going to a club you know you're both going out and having some beverages but it's totally different vibes and so that's what i think it is you know i don't go to the cardinal game looking you know to get my adrenaline going i go to hang out with my friends and relax on a nice day if i go to a city game it's because i want to you know get fired up and jump around and stand up the whole time and cheer it's two completely different things and i think another thing that factors into it is you don't have 80 
one of them uh, to choose from. Right. You know. Right. At most, usually, this has been a different set of circumstances with uh, the number of home games that they have had, but uh, it's maybe two or three per month. Mm -hmm. It's a Saturday night, most of the time, the Sunday afternoon being an exception. Uh, They're taking on Dallas to pick up the game that was hashtag abandoned uh, (laughs) tomorrow night. albeit in Dallas, but uh, it's a different set of circumstances. But I had a sense of this, and this is what I was talking about both on, on TMA and, and for the first year of Balloon Party, that my expectation would be it would be a younger, more active fan base, but it has superseded oh, my yeah. expectations. I figured it would be a hell of an atmosphere, mm-hmm. but it has superseded my expectations. Now, if they had 81 of those and people were committed to doing it on Tuesday, Wednesday, that, that wouldn't be realistic. Again, so you have yeah. that kind of in lockstep with, say, a college football fan base or an NFL fan base where you only have a handful of home games. Now, this certainly is more than a college football season or an NFL home game schedule. But point being, there is enthusiasm in this community for soccer, perhaps more so per capita than most top 25 markets. And you also have a team that is performing. But I think even if the team weren't performing, this city would be incredibly behind what this team is doing. And that is just playing soccer in downtown St. Louis. The fact that they're in first place, absolute cherry on top. And I don't know anybody who could have really seen this coming. And like Taylor Twelman said, the gold differentials in another world. Uh, all right, it's 1059. I could go on and on. My, my phone is going off with this live thing. And it's interesting that, uh, was it Taylor who said it? Yeah. Uh, that Jay Monahan taped that interview. Unbelievable. Whew. I have a, an attorney friend of mine who texted me. goes, I can't believe this wasn't leaked. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It didn't get out until CNBC was about to release the interview. Crazy. I mean, wow. I mean, for a story of this magnitude to not be leaked, and that means people at CNBC obviously knew about it because they had to be in production of the interview. I would imagine it was done earlier this morning, I guess, in New York City. And it not to get out until the statement just shows you, honestly the power and fear people have of Saudi Arabia and their involvement. I mean, it might sound absolutely asinine, but you see Jay Monahan going from condemning people for doing business with Saudi Arabia and the fraudulent statement that they want to grow the game. And now what is Jay Monahan saying? We're in business with Saudi Arabia. Right, and we're going to do it to grow the game. What a moment in sports double standards. A story that is just getting underway as the Live Golf Tour and the PGA Tour are now in business together. And Jay Monahan is second in command to the head of the Saudi Investment Fund. Uh, so you'll hear more about that throughout the day, both on Sports Talk and on News Talk and any podcast you listen to. It is the story of the day nationally and globally, locally. Got a first place soccer team and a last place baseball team. And welcome to the summer of discontent in St. Louis. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.